I came to your bookstore to order a book from you. I went online and told Jeff Bezos he could suck my dick. <laughs> if I had known it'd take this long, I wouldn't have told him to suck my dick because now I can't order anything off Amazon. You are now listening to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Hello and welcome to the Good, Bad, or Bullshit Podcast, the place where conversation is the foundation for higher thoughts. That's Michael Hodges over there, that's Crofton Steer, and I'm Bo Schwartz. Welcome to Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Boys, how you doing? Well, it's very concise, Bo. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, yeah. okay. So, Bo, you told us not to talk when we heard our name. And I really wanted to do it just to spite you, but instead I showed restraint. So I accept your congratulations. I would have spoken over you. Rare, rare, <laughs> and, and also it's a rare restraint showed by Croft and Steers because you don't see that every day. It's true. Uh, on a recent episode of my sister show, Dungeons and Diapers, I went on a 10 minute rant. Uh, I what? You. Croft and Steers talking for 10 minutes straight? I I don't believe it. Yeah. There was, you know uh, what? what was different about I that, could though. have done longer, I'm pretty sure. That was the concise <laughs> version. You don't have to convince me. Uh, was it a good rant? Are you proud of what you accomplished? I think so. It's uh, good. I, I like a good it, rant. Yeah, it works. Uh, I will say that I've become a lot more critical of my overall podcasting, especially using filler words and such. Um, Like, um, like I just did. I feel like at the beginning of the show, I'm less prone to doing that. But as it goes on and as I find my thoughts, I start throwing out a bunch. And sometimes I sound ridiculous. Uh, but I did well in that rant. I had a purpose. Yeah. Well, that's – I feel like if that's – if your rant is purposeful, then it's probably a rant worth having, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's – I think we all feel that need to get stuff off our chest, especially when we do shows like this. And, you know, but you don't want to do too much. It's a well that you do not want to visit constantly because then you become Alex Jones. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't he like the most successful person on the Internet? No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't say it or something like that. He's he's started insane. Well, no, I think he something happened to that guy. I can't remember what it was. It was in the news, though. I I do find that uh, that maybe the isolation period and stuff is making me more prone to ranting. I'm like. I don't want to lay it on my wife and two daughters all the time. My my thoughts on everything, and it's like, oh, I got a captive audience. I can just go at them. Maybe that's it. It mm. could be. And all the people from your work are like, oh, I, I, they're there. I miss Crofton's like constant telling me of his gripes and criticisms <laughs> of society at work all the time. Because normally well, you're just getting them off on your coworkers. I have a show for them. <laughs> I have a show for them. Loosen up. Uh, yeah. So, are you guys able to do much physical activity during this m- period of isolation, or are you kind of just not too much hibernating? You know. Well, I mean, I'm. I walked home a few days this week from work. That's nice. And both I mean, your a lot. your yeah. life isn't that much different because you have to go into the office. My life so is that's... pretty much identical, except for. 
I stay at home a few days a week and yeah, it's a pain in the ass to get some certain things, but certain things are just as easy to get as they were before. I mean, there really has been very minimal impact to my life anyways. It's just so funny because like, like you don't have kids and you have to go into the office. Whereas in my case, my kids' schools are closed. So that's a huge impact to my life. And my office is closed. So that's a huge impact to my life as well. Uh, and it has definitely affected my exercise um, to the point that like you don't think about or maybe people do who have trackers for steps, but mm-hmm. you don't think about like just the little walking you do in the office, like going to see someone. Oh, I got a meeting in this room down the hall. I got this thing. I got that thing. It's constant little things that add up Well, or even getting to work. Um, whereas I would like I would be biking right now. And uh, whereas I go down to this chair in the basement and pretty much like my meetings are from this chair. My office work is from this chair. Um, you know, oh, I you know don't, you don't people, have a second location. No, I'm just like, oh. I'm working. I work down here. The The thing hmm. is, is, is when the, uh, the backyard opens up a little, a little bit, and we're in the process of, of doing that. I may be able to take my laptop and go work out there for, for a bit, but ergonomics are important too. And this chair is, is, is very good for that, but taking breaks is important. Going out and, and walking is important. And, and I've been bad about that. Like work has creeped into every sort of facet. Um, and uh, so I make a point now of like having this, afternoon walk with the girls at least um where and often they like being like um they'll be in the stroller together and i will like kind of power walk them around a bunch of side streets i i work up a little bit of a sweat but i'm definitely not getting nearly as much exercise as i should be right now it's funny you take for granted that like um you know however you're getting to work you're still walking a bit more you know if you walk to the bus walk to where you just yeah office to office I, I have a one of these pedometer apps on my phone and uh, and I check it like I don't look at it that often but like I've been looking at it a bit more because when I was at work I, I bike to work and then I you know get out at lunch and whatever and generally that would get me something like 6,000 to 7,000 steps a day is what just doing that every day uh, and then but like yesterday say it was raining now I, I've been getting out with my son a bunch we're doing a bunch of biking and I've been trying to make a point but like a rainy day yesterday I looked at the app like afternoon it was like 1500 steps I'm like oh man and it's not like I'm I don't necessarily have a goal but it's just an indication of like oh I'm not moving around as much unless you make that concerted effort uh, which can be tricky and sometimes it's like you go out and there's like there's all these people like it's crowded on the if it's a nice day these bike paths you got to keep six feet distance from people and it's like well the whole bike path is six feet wide and so there's something like people it's just clogged and you're like oh, i don't feel comfortable if you're trying to take this stuff seriously it's like you can't go on the bike path so it's like you got to find like a alternate it's definitely a challenge you know and i i've never been one to want to like you know do jumping jacks in my living room or whatever but uh even uh andrea has have, has looked at a few like youtube uh, workouts and they're like it was kind of all right we did a few together and i was like you know this is a good kind of thing because you can find a bunch and a lot of them are like five minutes you know and then you can just do like so you're like okay i'll do five minutes do like level one see how it goes like, okay i feeling this and then you're like okay I'm, now you're warmed up you're like let's do two more or whatever and then at least you feel like you did something so it's kind of nice that there are like the resources like that i probably would have never looked at before this thing i would have been just like oh go mountain biking or something but it's just less accessible now right so yeah, I mean, it takes a bit of effort, but... And yeah, that's that's it. It's the effort. And I don't know about you guys, but I am suffering from... Like, I, I, I've i looked into this a little bit, and it's 
it, it is, yes, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, but uh, pandemic fatigue, and it's not just fatigue due to like an overabundance of bad news and all of that. It's just that like people are feeling exhaustion, more exhaustion than they would normally have. Like we were supposed to do this show last night. I I had a, a, a work day yesterday. It was, yeah, it was a busy day, but I had a busy work day today i got in a good night of sleep the night before but yet i was just absolutely drained and i went to bed at 9 p.m last night which is really early for me fell asleep almost immediately and slept to like 8 a.m this morning which is why i was able to do the show tonight but even after my my day of work today i was like oh my god just putting the girls to bed i i was like i'm gonna have to cancel again i feel like really really tired and um I think that's that's sort of a normal cycle that, that that people are in right now. And so I have tools at my disposal that I could like I have a v- virtual reality headset with with uh, move controllers and there's a ton of fitness programming that you can do. Uh, and I, I just have to kick my own ass to do it. And I don't like for the most part. Um, uh, especially after the, the girls are in bed because I also have a very finite window for like personal entertainment and that sort of stuff as well. So girls are in bed. I could do exercise or I could, you know, do something else. Right. And I tend to, you know, do something else to, to, to relax right now. So I need to get better on that because I've got like, I'm starting to feel physical symptoms in that of, of beyond exhaustion, like headaches and other things. I think yeah. a lot of it's looking at a screen too much. So, Oh, I'm sh- yeah, I'm sure it is. And just, yeah, lack of less fresh air just cause you're, go commuting you're out probably less and you know i don't have you guys experienced this uh because uh, like today and yesterday like i haven't felt a hundred percent uh and 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 i don't know if you get this but but you know you hear these these varied symptoms of covid19 right where it's it spans the gamut from death like you're 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 in icu on an intubator unconscious can't breathe to zero symptoms and you have it you know so it's like okay so in my mind i'm like well that can be anything so you might be on that spectrum anywhere so like today i just kind of feel like low energy i had like a bit of a headache and maybe my throat is not even i wouldn't even call it sore just kind of you know feels a bit off and and last two nights in the night i felt like hot i would not say that i had a fever but i'd be like i just felt hot in the room like occasionally i was like i kind of kicked the blanket off one of my legs and then i was like this morning i said to my wife i'm like man i think i got covid19 and i'm like but i'm just like i'm feel like i'm being paranoid you know i'm like i've been taking precautions but i'm like i don't know how the hell do you know i could have the thing i'm like it's just like geez so mike i am not a medical i'm not a medical professional in any way and i cannot say that i'll vote for it often enough, but you definitely have COVID-19. Bo, do you have- <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Bo, uh, do you so, yeah, have COVID-19? No, I'm fine. He's good. He's Which all is good. funny because Bo is like... like out work there. every day. Yeah, like his exposure points compared to, yeah, say, but I benefit from a few. Like- I benefit from a few things. Like, <clears throat> first of all, I'm not just going anywhere and I'm not looking things, Right. I have a very limited scope of where I go, and the places I go are not heavily trafficked during normal times or otherwise. Now, the places I do go, let's say the bus stop, the population is like 99% what it was. If there was like, on any given time I get to, say, the bus station near my place, there might be a couple hundred people 
there are like three people in you know total so there are a lot like the the certain places are being more diligent about cleaning and there's way less people overall so points of the points of failure are greatly diminished through all the places that i'm going including you know taking taxi they're, they're all complaining that they barely have like one guy had like three fares in a whole eight hour shift so because we're social distancing and isolating properly because i'm i have to go out and work i'm protected by everyone else like one one of the things that i think about often is um when i because i have like one outing really a week one notable outing which is going to the grocery store and um the big thing that I sort of take away from that is not to touch my face and I'm a chronic face toucher. So like, Same. even and I, ha- and I have my bottle of Purell and I'm, I'm kind of like, I- I'm going and it, when I touch something, like I have to tell my mind to, okay, I've bought it now. Like I, cause in the grocery store, sometimes you grab something by accident. You want to change things. I'm like, okay, if I take it, I bought it. And I really like, try to pay huge attention for that time that I'm in the grocery store. Cause I feel like even if I wipe my hands on a COVID surface, as long as I don't touch my face, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to get it through my hands as long as I wash them when I get back and I try to Purell as long as I don't touch my face. So that, that's sort of kind of my big thing. And if I was you like, and I was doing these trips, even though there's no one at the bus stop, like there are little things that I do almost unconsciously. Like I will, I will grab, you know, when you're walking down steps in a bus, uh, um, like a transit way hub or something, I will grab the railing when I'm walking down the steps or whatever. And like, as soon as you do that, it's like you touched where everybody else has touched the railing or whatever. I mean, so like it's, it's being aware of that and washing your hands and doing doing that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean that's all it is. But you could do all that and still catch it because it's airborne. Like the thing, the thing is, it's like if you are going to analyze the environment to such a degree it, that you're avoiding bugs, I mean, you can't. You, you have to trust on some level that um, the odds are in your favor about not getting it. Like there's some. My understanding was it wasn't airborne. It was like just droplets from people's yeah, mouths that people land can on spit surfaces. in your mouth from ten feet away. Like, it, well, that's it's, different. It's that, that, that's a magic loogie. There, no, it's there because the, the shit that flies out of your mouth is invisible. Like, it's the mist. Like, particulate it has physical presence, but is light enough to just travel over air and not. You know what I mean? And yeah, but they're that, saying the whole point of the six feet is that it falls down. But but I mean, if, at very least, there is conflicting reports. They sometimes you'll hear like, "Oh yes, it is can be airborne in some circumstances." So it's like, who knows? Like you know? yeah, and, and there's lots of misinformation out there. So it's it's very, I mean, it's very difficult to 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 just I, you have to make a decision. I'm going to live my life like a germaphobe, which they existed prior to this thing. Or you're going to kind of half-ass it and hopefully reduce enough of your risk that maybe you don't get it. But unless you're ironclad, like you're going out for walks, that's probably not a good idea. Gonna, you should be like, in your house the whole time. Like if you pretty really much, avoid it. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you... No grocery well, store, nothing. Like the, you need people to live. Like the world yeah. exists because people are in it. And on some level, no one's an island unless you can go out to the woods like a prepper or a woodsman and just be there and just stay there right or lock yourself into house and have no visitors and have enough food to last you however long this takes 
Like that's the only Pretty way much. that you have insurance against this because otherwise like it, it, it's just random luck. Like it's almost lottery. It's just a question of the, the level of risk is the number know. of contacts. I don't think it's random luck. I think like it if you told luck. me, well, it's not if you told luck. me that I had COVID, I would be like, "That's fucking insane." Because I, I have been, I wouldn't be that shocked. Like no. I, I would be no. because no, that's because you're not me. But I know exactly what I've done, and in my yeah, but you just points. said you've gone to the grocery store once a week, and, and I think yeah. what all Bo's saying is, that, and I agree with this. Like you've, if you went to the grocery store every day, then I'm like, yes, your risk is way higher. If you went once a week. Your risk is lower. If you went once every two weeks, your risk would be that much lower. Just think of, not, think of it as it's a also hang with, on. Think of it as a D twenty rule in D and D. Like every time you exit to a point where you're going to be in contact in proximity with someone, that's a new it's a new skill check. You yeah, know? and you and don't right. know who's uh, at the grocery store that time. No, like, like but I mean, it really but is. But I know how COVID. Element. Yeah. I know, but I know COVID isn't airborne. It's like it's the droplets, right? And it's but like, again, so it's, but there's it's just that's a matter, not even it's a matter of like if if I'm making the effort to not touch my face, and I know that I did not touch my face in the grocery store, and I got home and I cleaned my hands diligently and whatever, like the the odds that I got it. Unless there was something really notable, like I saw some guy cough and he's really close to me, and I inhaled greatly at that moment like for the for the most part i i feel that the odds are extremely low living the way that i'm currently living that i would get cold they're low i I would get covid that's why when you're talking but they're not zero like no they're i'm sure they're not zero i'm sure that there's a low extremely low percentage but that's why when you're talking about these symptoms because my wife will sometimes talk about these things and like for me i had symptoms yesterday and it was like um her first thought was like, oh my god! That's what I mean COVID. about the paranoia. And, like, and, I mean, it's and like- I was like, no, wait a second, it's just allergies, and that's what it was. It was allergies, you know. Like, I mean, maybe mine is too, but I've never, I've never had allergies before. But I'm getting older. Maybe I do now, and like, I don't know. Uh, is it just kind of before we get into to a topic? One last thing on this whole COVID thing. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called Explained. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, like, uh, no, pop explain, there. please. It's called Explained. Uh, Anyways, it's like a, it's just they're short little snippets, but they they did one. Call, it was called uh, I watched a show the day a little bit. They're like twenty minute pieces, and um, it was one called the the next pandemic, and it was released in uh, November of twenty nineteen. So like right when this thing was probably emerging, but clearly before anyone knew about it, because like there was no reference to it. They since have a new one out about COVID nineteen. But it's worth watching that one because you watch it and you're like, man, uh, incidentally, Bill Gates is in it and he sounds like a fucking prophet. <laughs> he was like, he's like, he was, he basically was like, you know, well, everyone was like, it's not a matter, it's not a question of, of, uh, of if, it is when, like, we are due for a pandemic. And, and he's like, you'll see mass economic meltdown. <laughs> like, he was basically going through, I was like, oh, I can't believe that this was released like just before this thing happened. So you watch, it's 20 minutes, it's worth a watch just to be like, man, people who are, who are involved in this stuff, uh, and Bill Gates, because of his foundation, is quite a, into the health stuff. Um, the, everyone knew this was sort of coming, you know, and it's sort of like, so, so you watch this thing where all these people in the know were telling us about it be, just before it happened, and you're like, 
fuck oh, like dude. it's kind of annoying and uh and you know and they did try to make a lot we're, we're more prepared than we were during sars and stuff like that but then you know they go through say sars and it looks like a joke compared to what is happening now right you know it's like oh sars killed 745 people worldwide i don't know what the death toll is that worldwide now but it's certainly i don't know what is it 200,000 or anyway it is or magnitude worse so it was just really interesting to watch these experts talk about this in november and i was like oh man so i don't know i i kind of recommend going to check it out because it's it's just like it's quite an interesting check on where we were all at in our blissful ignorance before this thing before this thing emerged but anyways should we get to a topic yeah let's get to a topic all right um it's time for the topic so we have to get the bird to fly in here he is and i don't know if you guys noticed as i have but our friends the warblers are on their migration and arriving back to this I've lovely I've seen all place. kinds of spring animals. They're real irritating in this COVID time. They're really irritating. Look at them enjoying life and not being Well, sick. the pest animals like squirrels you, and stuff. You know what I noticed? There's no fucking animals respecting them. social distancing. Those bastards are all over them. It's all over Actually, you know what's pretty great is animals are like in places where people are no longer that populous. Animals are coming out a lot more. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, saw a, I saw a fox the other day in, in the middle of the day and he was probably oh, nice. like, hey. I got close to him and he was like, hey, six feet, buddy. Get out of here. And then he ran into it. <laughs> so what's the topic? Okay. So the topic uh, is, I, I, we brought this up. Uh, we touched on it once or twice, but I don't think we've fully done it. The topic is universal basic income. Yeah. No, I don't, oh. doesn't sound familiar. Did, did, did no? We do this? No. I feel like I've mentioned it a few times. I think, yeah, we brought it up. I think, you know where it where it was brought up the most is in the 40-hour work week episode. Ah, yes. Good one. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, <laughs> it, is, it is a uh, – well, good, good reference back because I know that we've touched on it. So uh, the reason I've been – was thinking about this, I had this on my, my kind of list of things to bring up at some point before any of this COVID stuff happened. Mm-hmm. But in this context of like, okay, look, we have mass – unemployment you know records being set of uh filings for unemployment in the united states and canada all over the world yeah. of just whole industry shutting down people out of work and then and then so now our social safety nets are kind of like springing into action new programs are coming out for in- rent supports and all this kind of stuff and as soon as this stuff started happening like i, I was saying to my wife i'm like man if there was ever a time to pilot universal basic income is now and why the hell are we rolling out these bloated run-of-the-mill programs like, oh, apply, are you eligible, blah, blah, blah. They should just be – so they should just be rolling out basic, using universal basic income. So let me just – you guys have heard it. I'll just lay it out briefly what it is. It's pretty simple, and it's not a new idea. Uh, and it's, believe it or not, not even a partisan idea. It's supported by, like, conservative people for various reasons, liberal people for various reasons. And basically it's just the government gives everybody – who is a citizen in the country, uh, some amount of money like every month. And let's just say like it's often said like $1,000 a month. So every person gets a check from the government, no questions asked, $1,000 a month. That's what you get. So the idea, as I've heard it, there's many different sort of models of this, but the one that kind of resonates with me and seems like it makes the most sense is just the basic, no questions asked, $1,000 a month. And the idea being it's not enough money like it's maybe enough to keep you 
just out of the gu- the gutter, you know, like twelve, like in this country, twelve thousand dollars a year. That is not good living, right? Like that is like maybe you can get a room and a place and get a bit of food, but you're not living the high life. But oh, no. you're not homeless uh-huh. either, right? And the idea being that uh, that then if you go out and get a job, maybe it's a shitty job, like working retail or minimum wage, you still get that thousand dollars a month. So all of a sudden, your your crappy minimum wage job that you were making 19 grand a year at. Uh, but now you get 12 grand a year from the government. It's like, well, actually your, your, your living wage is, is a lot better than it was. Uh, and then, so the arguments also about this, um, this will be my last bit about kind of explaining how this thing works. But the idea was, is that you would pay for this by of course, increasing taxes on the most wealthy people, which is like a dirty word, but uh, um, you know, the people who have the most money tax them more. And also, and why this appeals to a lot of conservatives on the more libertarian angle of things, is that you would massively cut government programs. So you would say social security, gone, uh, like old age security, gone, uh, employment insurance, gone, all the people who work in employment insurance, gone. So so you would be trimming billions and billions of dollars out of the current budget, and that's part of how you would fund – fund this so it, again it appeals to a lot of conservatives because you're 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 reducing government you're reducing the kind of uh nanny state finger of like are you eligible for this and that um and 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 the other theory is that you're reducing the you know some people think oh it's gonna make people lazy they're not gonna want to get a job they're just gonna take this money uh and minus like when you're on say welfare or unemployment insurance there is an actual disincentive to find work, which is that, um, like, well, I was on, I've been on employment insurance a couple of times in my life. And, you know, you'd be on it first, have six months of it, you can be on it. And they were like, if you worked, like, you could get part time work. And if you worked more than, like, I don't know, it was like five hours a week, they would claw back from your employment insurance benefits that you're getting for the amount that you worked that you made. So you would be like, well, this is like, I, I can, I got a few off jo- offhand jobs. And I was like, well, I'm not going to work 20 hours a week there. They're just going to take it off my EI check. Uh, I'll work the minimum. So I get a few hundred extra bucks and that's it. I won't work any more than that. I literally did that. <laughs> it was specifically mm. a disincentive, a disincentive to work. But the whole idea with universal basic income, is like, no, you get that money, you work extra, you'll get more money. And that's, that's the whole point that it's an incentive to work. You got, you have a baseline, so you're not starving and we're not going to claw it back because that claw back thing for sure is a disincentive to find work, to be like, well, yeah, if you're on welfare, but you work, okay, well now we're going to cut your welfare. It's like, well, why would I work then? But if you get to keep both now, you're just bringing up that person's standard of living. So that's the spiel. Mm. So why would you get like, so in, in my case, like I get taxed in a year well more than twelve thousand dollars, right? Yeah. Like the you'd still so, get the twelve thousand. But like that's wh- part of how it would even out. Like But doesn't it seem dumb that I why wouldn't they just not tax me that twelve thousand? Well there the, so there was other models too. Like I mean I just I just laid out the, the kind of basic one. Uh, uh, another one is called a negative tax return, which is essentially like you'd have a sliding scale. So you pay, you know, you have a fairly high income earner, you're paying taxes, but that as you drop down the income level, the, uh, it, it would be a sliding scale the other way. So at some point you'd pay no taxes, 
if you're making say 25 grand a year, you maybe pay zero tax. And as you start making less than that, then you start getting a reverse income tax. So say, you know, say you earn $10,000 a year in income. It's like, okay, well, here's $10,000 back on your tax. You didn't pay any taxes, but you're getting 10,000 back on your taxes. That's another way that has been proposed as well, which is more like what you say, like, well, why would you give me the money? Mm. The idea of, I think, giving everybody the money is you say like, well, if a, a rich person, it's basically going to be taxed back anyways. Uh, and it's, and it's just an easy to administer thing. Like, like right. part of, part of the thing is you'd be like, like the government is pretty good at just writing checks. Like they know where everyone lives. You got your address. You got sense of, it's just like send everyone a check. It's basically automated out of a bank account. But as soon as you have some, pencil pusher calculating everyone's things you have to have an army of bureaucrats to administer these things and that costs a lot of money so so the simple ones are like it works when you can reduce reduce what the government is uh is is spending on administering programs and just trans and just be a straight wealth transfer yeah Hmm. it's just it's just funny because to me, like when I thought about this, and this is you've given a lot of interesting information here. When when I had thought about this, I had always thought about it in the concept of, uh, you know, society being automized further, uh, us needing less jobs because artificial intelligence or robots or what have you were 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 doing a lot of the work that 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 we used to do. Services were being automated, so forth and so on, um, and that that we could afford as a society to pay for people to not work, which, which, uh, and if you wanted to work and then you could spend more time, like focus on your, be it your creative endeavors or, or if you wanted to work and to become wealthy that you could, you could do that. But a thousand bucks a month um, is essentially pretty much not even enough or, to live um, or as Mike said, it, it, it's scraping by. So it's not even giving folk, it, it, it's not doing what I thought it would do in my mind, which was um, giving somebody an actual solid, you know, solid income. Even if that was like 25,000 a year, everybody's by default making 25,000. And then at that point, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the the work uh and jobs plays a role i guess they have to be careful there because it's it, it's a matter of making it work but not making it so much that people are going to choose to not participate in the jobs that that we need them to participate in I'll yeah give like example. you go ahead Sorry. oh i'll just give an example like right now that as we're seeing with the whole coronavirus situation um we're boiling down to some essential jobs and some of those essential jobs pay like shit. Right. And yeah. uh, um, that's a whole other problem. And I'm not sure if, if a universal basic income will solve it, but the problem right now is some of these uh, measures that have been hotshotted, at least in Canada uh, have uh, done what you said, Mike, which is disincentivize people from perhaps working in some of these fields that are suddenly under the gun, namely the agriculture field here. Like they need every year, they bring in a ton of temporary foreign workers from other countries because Canadians here just, they're not going to work those jobs or they don't, they don't want to work those jobs in the fields and that sort of thing until we get to a point which we might where things are all well automated. They need people to do it. And right now people don't, 
want to do those jobs because they're hard work and they're low pay. Uh, and so like anything that would incentivize people not doing those jobs would be bad for the, 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 you know, the current way things work, I guess. Well, yeah, it's, it's tough. I mean, it really depends a lot. Like, I mean, I'm a weird person. Well, but you guys might find me weird just because I like physical kind of grunt work. I do it kind of like, because I enjoy it. Like I enjoy digging a hole, <laughs> but I also don't want to make crappy income. Why I went to university uh, and got like a, a decent paying job. Right. Uh, because I can do the math and I'm like, well, if I'm going to be working, I'd rather make 60 grand a year than 30. Right. It's double the money. Uh, but there are, I would frankly rather be doing some physical work. Um, I think I'm just decent at it i like it i like to move my body and i can't stand bureaucracy which if you have work in any kind of like in big company or government you you have to deal with so but for me like it's just a numbers game i'm like well i work the, i work the office job because i'm like well i i don't i don't want to have low pay but if but if it was like if if something like universal basic income might bring that into focus for someone like me it's like i often say like i'd be a garbage man uh but i'm like well why would i take a 25 grand a year pay cut to be a garbage man that would be dumb. Um, but, but I'm like, honestly, like if I was only making like, you know, eight or 10 grand less, I, I might do it honestly. Like, cause that's, that's near enough. But if you're talking like half my salary, but if all of a sudden you get like, you know, cause a lot of people are just chasing that number. And like, I've often thought, I remember before when I work in the government and I'm happy to have the job. I'm very lucky. I take, I do not take it for granted. It's a great job to have. Uh, but I've often thought like I have friends who work in the nonprofit uh, sector and I had thought about that, that I it feels, you know, would feel in some ways like a better thing to work in. But everyone I know who works in the nonprofit, whether it be an environmental NGO or a humanitarian NGO, it's like you're making like, again, half my salary. And these are and these are people with like master's degrees and who are just driven by their principles. Uh, make half the salary I make because they're working for an organization which runs on a shoestring, needs donations, and all. This, but I'm mean, like, again, for someone like me, I might be like, okay, they, they can offer to pay me thirty grand a year, and then I get say twelve from the government and brings it up. I'm like, okay, it'd be maybe still a pay cut, but all of a sudden, my decision, the, the the things that motivate me, I'd be the type of person who I'd be totally willing to leave my job for something that I either be, a believed in more, even though it paid less, or got more personal fulfillment out of like something physical but i have a threshold of like i'm not going to just work for half the amount of money like i i can do math too you know <laughs> like i'm going to do hours someplace i may as well make the one that pays twice as much so like it's i, I think it really it feels like it just opens up options you know and if you want to work in a creative field where you're an artist or a creator that's a hard a hard racket uh i mean Bo, who's like you know, got quite an online personality. Uh, he does a bunch of podcasts, uh, creates content for your D&D show. Like that's a creative endeavor, right? It's hard. You know, it takes a long time to, to, to build up an audience, to find a way to leverage income out of that stuff. Uh, but I mean, you know, if someone like doing what Bo's doing or, or a lot of the people in his community are doing, if you suddenly had a very baseline amount of money to be like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot for a few years and try to build it up. Maybe you're, you can generate a bit of income and with something like a universal basic income, you could make it work, you know? And I think that it's like, the idea is that, and I think the aim of the low amount of money, 12 grand a year, is that, is that 
you don't want to just put your feet up. Like it's not like just replaces your work. It's enough to be like, okay, look, you can take a risk and do something you want. Like what can you contribute at? What do you want to do? So it raises people out of poverty who are still working and contributing. Cause like there are jobs that are just shitty, right? <laughs> you know, and, and it sucks that they pay not well. Like you said at Crofton and what's going on right now, we still look at these essential services, cleaning services, man. It's an essential service right now more than ever. It's like we place people crap. They're clearly more important than us office workers. Uh, they really are sanitation workers, hugely important. We don't pay them what they're worth, you know? And it's like, but you don't necessarily need an education to do some of these things. And we, we value these things. So in some ways it's a way to level, re-level uh, the, the, the playing field of like, not everyone can afford to go to university. Not everyone has the brain to go to university. Look, you, you don't choose your intellect level. doesn't mean you can't contribute to society. doesn't mean you should live in poverty, right? So I, I don't, I mean, it, and I just think with this whole COVID thing and all these people for, for no fault of anyone's own out of work right now, um, it seems like this is the kind of time to, to pilot something like that. Maybe you'd say like, we're going to do this for two years uh, and see how things go. Uh, because at the moment we're just accruing crazy debt. I'd be like, there should be a temporary tax on the rich redistributed. Like if there's any time to do a crazy shift right now, seems like the time, like during the war, world war one is when they instituted income tax, right? We never had in Canada. Anyways, we never had income tax before the war. It was a temporary measure. It's permanent now. Uh, so it's just like, I don't know. It seems like now's Why not just now's get a good... lower tax. Yeah, like that's what we're. It's the same what, what... thing. Like whether you have lower taxes or getting basic income, are we used to saying the same thing? Well, no, because for t- lower taxes, you have to earn money. Like if you don't earn any money, uh, paying lower taxes is nothing. Like if you make no money, well, like, oh, like because in theory there are social assistance programs. If you're not working, where you can get money, in theory you can get money. Maybe not enough, but you can yeah. Get but money. we just talked about how they're disincentivized though, because it's like if you have on welfare and you start you work a little bit, they claw back, right? Yeah. Um. The the thing, and you might know this, but the thing that always sort of gives me trouble when I hear about universal basic income is that. I understand on some level a few things. One, that the amount of money in circulation is finite. And two, that business and finances to many people is a game. And like in video gaming, you got these power gamers. So you've got people who, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week are figuring out how to get more than their fair share. We call it profit. And, and, you know, by funneling more money in so that everyone has some, I have this sort of skeptical jaded view without fixing other problems that, you know, the power gamers of the current system will just look at that and say, well, there's more money in circulation and find ways to suck more of that money out from individuals and into the pockets of private business. So basically the government money is going to the business in the net long run anyways. You know what I mean? Like how, how do you, how do you not game the system when there's more resources available? Like that, it seems like it's not a permanent solution. You know what I mean? Well, you know, but in some ways it, so one interesting thing that has come about with, I'm not sure this is quite getting at what you, what you said, but my, my neighbor works from like for one, it's like either the bank of Canada or some, 
some such thing okay. uh, and was talking about how they're expecting a ton of fraud uh, with this, with these, these programs that are coming out of, sure, of, we're not apply government. 15 times as 15 make believe people or, or yeah, exactly. So again, something like universal basic income, like this is a problem with traditional programs. Like there's always been EI fraud, you know, it's like getting fake records of employment saying you've worked when you haven't, you know, like, they don't Again, even have there's to be from ways, inside the country. They could be outside what, cells. Exactly. There's yeah. so when you have these programs, like they're rife for fraud. With universal yeah. basic income, you'd be like, "There's no fraud." It's like, it's like you have a so, there's a social security number. I mean, maybe well, there's still there, is there, fraud there, if you're taking more. Well, there probably would be. Share. Yeah, there, like there would there would probably be still fraud. But we do have like in this country that we often tout it as like very accurate census data, where it's like we know how many people in the country. Uh, we keep track of this. If you very believe well. your government, <laughs> yeah, but but again, it's more like it's more like if you got Joe Schmo who's like trying to claim like like a lot of the traditional fraud is like okay, trying to claim EI employment insurance or welfare, and then you're also working under the table. Like that's traditional fraud, right? So sure. I'm collecting my full EI and I'm working full time. That's that's fraud. But again, like with so is, with this, but with this program, there'd be no fraud. It'd be like, yeah, whatever. You get your twelve grand. Do whatever you want. You well, want to work? Would work. Be still <laughs> well, where where do you think the fraud would come from? The, for the people whole, like, wanting it, more it, than their fair share, whether it's done legally or illegally, it doesn't matter. No, but, it's but the same so point. so you'd have to be getting you'd have to be in getting new social insurance numbers, which mean you'd have to be inventing and making up people who don't exist. And uh-huh. I don't think most fraud operates in this way. Most fraud operates by people stealing other people's identities and then and then claiming on them. This would just be like everyone gets. There's like. If you know how many people are in the country of a certain age, which we they we do, I'm sure they think that there'll be enforcement and like we have law and pun- order and punishment now. We'll have it with this system as well. Like I don't see maybe, that there's any difference between the current situation. I think there's a large respect to that. But, uh, the point yeah. I was making is that there's more money in circulation and that more legitimate actors, not criminals, will find ways because the system is what it is to profit from it and then we'll be back where we're like man we need to double our universal income our basic income we don't have enough money to make it stretch anymore landlords jacked up all the prices because we have well, more money so the well, market that, can I mean, tolerate it. Right? the market can tolerate these jacked up prices you know it, it but work. where where does that like because I, I sort of disagree with both the points like i agree with mike's stance that like it's harder to fraud this system because you have to create people like everybody is getting twelve hundred dollars i'm not talking about fraud, maybe, just to be clear no no i know i but but just to my opinion on that that aspect of things is that it, it would be harder to be defraud the system the 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 other thing is is just like that money already exists in circulation right now it's where is that it's not being created by the government it's coming from taxation from the wealthy so right now the wealthy those big fish that you're already talking about already have that money or the government has mm-hmm. that money mm-hmm. and it's just being distributed more widely amongst yes. people yes, yes these Yes, these big fish may find ways to get people to give the money again. Where does that, where does that total, money go back to? That's totally possible. Uh, that money goes to these individuals who can use it for whatever. If it's paying big loblaws for food, well, then yeah. that's fine. It goes back right. to loblaws. So the point but, I'm making is that the price increase the next time you go because they know you have more money, the price of bread goes up well, because the market can bear it. Yeah, so that's part. I mean, yes, inflation is a problem, and I think again, that's another reason why you keep it a low amount. Like, if you give everyone, like, okay, everyone gets a hundred grand a year, you know, it's like all of a sudden, yes, you're going to see crazy inflation, and it's going to be a big problem. That's, I think, 
part of why so you have to balance. So then we'll see a limited like, sector inflation because everyone who needs that money is probably going to use it for rent. So the landlords are going to be licking their lips, and no one else is going to piece that. Yeah, pie. Like it's uh, I mean, look, it's it's. I'm not saying it's necessarily a panacea. Like I mean, they're they're they're. I, just, they're, I find it like until I, like somebody explains it to me, where like the money is not pulled from thin air. But um, the thing is, so first of all, first of all, like it's it's a myth that money. Is well, first of all, is a real thing. It is pulled from thin air constantly. Like, that's true. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like right now, our government is spending all kinds of money that it does not have. Like we're, we have a two hundred fifty billion dollars. Yeah, it made like, up all of its money. Now that <laughs> you what yeah. the whole idea that it has money is made up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all all money is fictional. But all money is basically the, just. But it's a system of mathematical rules which are not no. fictional. Uh, they're they're math is not fiction. Math mathematics is not fictional. Right? Uh, money math is fictional. The like, resource like, is fictional, but the operations used to calculate it are not. No, I'd say the opposite. Like resources are real. <laughs> like like what you can mine out of the earth or whatever. Well, money or what is a representation of resource goods and services, right? It's a so it is a resource, even though it is made up. It still counts as a resource. Money, yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's not it's ima- it's imaginary in the sense that like like the like the Bank of Canada yes, it's creates a, it's imaginary money. for sure. Agreed. We don't have to debate it. It just I agree. it just makes it up. And arguably, what taxation does is remove money from the from the economy. Like like because the, the government makes sure. yeah. like where does Canadian dollars come from? That we just make it up. So I it's know. like yeah. removing it from taxation. Like the, the the government can in theory have whatever budget it wants to have, and mm-hmm. taxation is just the counterbalance on the ledger, and it often doesn't line up, right. and the world doesn't stop working. Right. So like it's pretend money. Yeah. So half the, the gate time. The, and the gateway I'm talking about is I guess the price of good, the prices of goods and services. Yeah, inflation. inflation. Like, and I yeah. yes, I think that is a real concern. You're right. Like it really That's is. That's why I'm I'm kind of not into it, anyways. Like. But I feel but like right it's a now, fix the symptoms, not fix the problem kind of deal. Although maybe fixing symptoms is the best you can do. Well, I, I think it gets more at the at the root because right right now, like um, we're getting issues with inflation already, and it's largely stemmed from cheap cheap borrowing, right? Like, so you can you can borrow money, you yeah. can buy a house at dirt cheap prices, and it's been that way since two thousand eight, and it's never going to go up again. Uh, it's just, yeah. Go ahead, Crawford. I just don't. I, I don't like I guess the the approach because but what Bo what Bo is doing is sort of poking holes in 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 a in a proposal based on possible fears like the possible fear of in, no, inflation. I think what, it's a guarantee. What have you? <laughs> uh, and so, um, no, and you're you're allowed your opinion. I don't think it's necessarily a, a guarantee that it will change the rate of inflation. I, you know, inflation's already happening, and I think that if it's it's prudently managed, what? and you know, whatever, it's going to happen in 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 some form. Will it, will it accelerate it? I think that's not necessarily a guarantee if handled properly. The the but another thing, just to pivot a little bit, is it, you see this conversation a lot um, when talking about benefit programs in general, but definitely I've seen it with regards to this one in particular, which is the idea that you're going to have a bunch of lazy people sitting on their asses, right? Like, and that's, that's the, um, that's sort of like the concern. And to that, my thought has always been who gives a shit except when it comes to these essential services, like if we're able to meet our essential needs and then if Joe Smith, 
is getting enough money to get by and be happy or whatever and doesn't feel like contributing to society in in any way he's benefiting from the collective success that we've had uh, you know and is choosing to to uh to not do anything and you know what like that's his choice and and why am i to judge him or to dictate policy based on resentment of the fact that joe smith is sitting on his ass so like I, I really that's an, one of those arguments that really bothers me about the, and, and definitely that's why the twelve hundred a year um the the uh, sorry twelve thousand a year was a, a big wake up call for me because like I couldn't I couldn't even imagine really sitting on my ass for that low that low amount but even if it was twenty five thousand and somebody's choosing to do that then like so be it let them do that unless it's having some sort of overall detriment on society and the only detriment that I can see is if we're unable to meet uh, essential jobs. And that's a larger societal problem. And, and Bo's right about the like, like, is this just like one bandaid on, 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 I mean, on it's, many it, things? It's a, it, what, the way you describe it, it sounds like a force of equality. And I, ha- I had an interesting thought related to equality. Like, like you're right. Like everyone has the same basic equal opportunity, right? Uh, to, to live and to be supported. They can go out and earn more. But there's a sense that we're trying to bring into equilibrium poverty and and not poverty. And um, I was just I was having this sort of weird thought that like we can't have equality on any vector until we solve the idea that anyone needs to clean up after anyone else. Like like in any given group of people some people will have to clean the shit of other people. And those other people who have their shit cleaned will not reciprocally clean shit. Or if that is the requirement, we'll find a way to not have to do it. And, you know, there is something to cleaning another person's shit. Like there is a subservience or a sense that you are lower in the pecking order. The way we have things done to have cleaners, custodians, and not custodians. There are lots of people that we will talk to who will rather die than spend a day earning a living cleaning up a toilet that is full of shit. And because that's true, from that thought, all other equality is a very difficult and unrealistic thing to achieve until you ever can think that there's a society where everyone will clean up the other person's like I'll go to Crofton's house and see your poo poo and clean it up, and, uh, and so so when it comes to <laughs> universal basic income, it's the same idea. There's a, this notion that this will render things uh, equal, uh, and, and even in my case, I'm supposed to be sort of the sympathetic. Like it would it would definitely help me to have free money, but I don't see the inev- I see the inevitable inevitable outcome to be damage and not to be positive because at some point exploitation occurs due to the inequality of money in this system. And then, um, and then it gets back to where it was like, and I just haven't heard well, anything addressing like that. Well, so I've heard a couple of things that might, well, that might, you might find interesting. I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. Well, well, the, well, I didn't, I didn't understand some of the cleaning up poop stuff, but uh, I will just move, move to this thing where it's like so there i've heard it stated that there's uh a lot of programs like like to talk about there's two kinds of equality uh 
equality of outcomes and equality of opportunity. Okay. And those are different things. And I, it seems to me most people can get more easily on board, at least in where we live on the equality of opportunity. So equality of outcome might be like communism. Okay. Like everyone needs to have a house uh, and a car or whatever. So the government's going to say everyone gets a house, everyone gets a car. That's a quality of, of, of outcomes. Okay. Everyone should be the same in the end. Uh, and, and and that's problematic for 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 a lot of reasons, and a pretty active disincentive to to work and do new things. Equality of opportunity is more like, well, if you're bro- if your parents are broke ass poor, and uh, your education has suffered because of that, you can't go to university or whatever. And someone else's parents have saved up for they have a huge university fund. Their parents are well off. They that's an unequal uh, oppor- uh, unequal opportunity. And so something like I think universal basic income is more trying to more address the equality of opportunity. So to be like, if you're a homeless person, it's very difficult to get off the street because you have no address. No one wants to hire you. You're not, you're disheveled. You might be, there's a lot of problems that come with homelessness. It's very difficult to get out of. And you probably have heard of the like home, uh, like some, some countries are just giving those people homes because you can't get, off the street when you're in that right. predicament. Their opportunity is so low, they basically have none. And other people have immense opportunity. So something like universal basic income is trying to be like, okay, look, let's try to give everyone a better baseline of opportunity. It's not like we're gonna make every we're gonna make the outcomes all equal. You're all gonna have mansions. Like, no, it's just gonna be like, look, you're all gonna have a food on your table. Don't you're gonna be able to buy food and hope you're gonna be able to rent a room, worse comes to worse. You know? So, so, so that's, that's the difference there. And I think like the Crofton's point about the laziness, that's often like called, I think it's, I mean, it's argue. always an, an argument use it like, oh yeah, people are going to be lazy. But I, I just sort of feel like that's true to a point. Like, I think everybody likes the idea of just like infinite leisure time. But I think at some point there's like another strong urge in people is like wanting to have stuff in their life, you know, like, so like as long as you can envision being like, Oh yeah, what would I do if I just had infinite free time and like some amount of resources, like uh, I, you know, we sit at home, play video games all day, just to have fun. Like I would just go mountain biking all the time or whatever. But at some point I might be like, if the, if the money I'm getting for free is low enough, my mountain bike breaks, I don't have money to fix it. Can't do that thing anymore. Uh, you know, you can't afford a gaming console, but you got food on the table. At some point, you might be like, you know what? I'm just going to get a job and earn a bit extra money. And I think like we have had a long conversation on this show before about the 40 hour work week. And I don't remember what I said, whether it was bad or bullshit, but I certainly don't think it's good. And I think this could be like we need to get out of the treadmill, I think, of this the system we're on. And something like this might do it where it might be like you might get a lot more people who are like essentially kind of being lazy where they're like, look, I got my 12 grand a year. I'd like to get a bit more, but I don't want to work 40 hours a week in some job. I'll get a part-time job. Right. And and I think in some ways that's going to be a check in in some ways, the laziness argument is the check to the inflation argument. You know, enough, if enough people see this as kind of like, I don't want to be in the 40 hour churn, maybe I'll just work 20 hours a week, get a bit extra cash. Now I got, now I got perks, the things I like in life. And I still have, you know, my basic apartment or whatever. Like I see a lot of benefits that I think would outweigh some of the negatives. I mean, who knows? You know, this this is this this type of program would be like a big societal shift, right? Like, how would that play out? Like, God, God only knows. Uh, but 
right now we're in a situation where we have millions of people who are not allowed to work, uh, who were just creating debt to like, they can borrow money. Like a lot of businesses are in these situations where like, Oh, you can borrow money from the government to get your business through these next six months. It's like, yeah, well you got to pay that money back. (laughs) So you got to earn more now in the future. It's like, well, a lot of small businesses like this is shit, you know, but I I think it'd be like temporary tax on the rich, give everyone a check. Let's see what happens. And if it doesn't work, you know, again, this, I was, I'm like a proponent of like pilot it during the COVID thing. Like, It'd be tough to roll something like that back. Well, That's like one as, of those things where, as was it with income tax. Remember, temporary measure was never meant to be permanent, but they were like, hey, income tax, there's <laughs> a lot that we can do a lot with this yeah, money. Yeah, but definitely, but that's on the government side. Like, uh, in this case, it's like, um, you know, when Obamacare was really starting to roll and the Republicans were like, oh, shit, we've got to get this out before we can never get it out, you know, because people won't, people will get to liking it and then they, it'll be impossible for us to get rid of it. So, so like it's one of those things that, that I think every government knows is a dangerous pilot because uh, people aren't going to be like, I don't want this money, you know? So uh, that it's just, just a, in, in the side going back. Cause um, I, when I was saying, I didn't understand Bo's point. It wasn't necessarily about the shit cleaning thing, which I actually think is very interesting and makes me want to see scientists put uh, more energy into shit cleaning robots um, because <laughs> yes, I, that's how we get I to think, equality is, is uh, no other human uh, has to clean another human's feces or cum no, off but, walls or whatever. <laughs> because you're no, <laughs> what are you yeah. doing in the bathrooms? Well, you know, the hotel, I mean, there's cum all over hotel rooms. Somebody, somebody <laughs> has to be like, we should clean that for our guests. No, it's like, I think that if you're like, you know, because I always think of the garbage man job and how, like, you know, I'm going to cite some bullshit study that I've never, but like, there's some study that said that, like, the doctors were less important than garbage men for in in the terms they of definitely like, are <laughs> uh, medical prevention of, of of disease and all this sort of thing, and and um, that like if garbage just piled up, like we would all be really fucked really quick. But I never think like like of the the office workers that are or um cleaners that are just like cleaning the shit stained toilets that we use you know every day even though that there's huge important sanitation work that they are also doing to these communal spaces um because garbage men is just something it's it's like like yeah they're picking up my garbage from the street they're rendering a service to me i can get behind that but the, the person that's cleaning up like the the communal toilet that i'm using or or these i i don't i don't think about them in the same way and 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 both right i think nobody i think when you're doing that job you may take pride in it in that you recognize that like pride in a good job and all this but i think that as soon as you're cleaning somebody else's shit you're probably like i could have a better job yeah like this is not this is not a great job don't play a lot so like if it was my choice between you know being a janitor somewhere like at a high school or just taking universal basic income and chilling out. Like, I'm just doing that. And yeah, I but just, you say chilling out. But remember, you're not living the high life. You're living a rough life. You're barely getting yeah, by. Yeah, and I've tasted that rough life. So I get what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's it uh, like potatoes. I, and some of our retirees but, live on that rough life or close to so, it. So, yeah, exactly. And uh, and here's another point. Like, um, you know, you've heard me talk about bullshit jobs a lot. And when Crofton brought up the Obama, it made me... Um, 
remember a fact like so uh i read this book called bullshit jobs which is which is about you know exactly what it says and uh so one of the reasons obama and he's like there's a quote by him which basically stated this as fact you're like yeah i get it why the united states did not move to a single-payer healthcare system like uh like the like we, we have in canada where everyone just gets basic income or, or, or basic healthcare, just mm-hmm. universal, mm-hmm. is because there are 3 million jobs in the insurance industry, 3 million jobs. And if they were to move to single-payer healthcare system, all those jobs are gone. So those jobs are fucking bullshit jobs. They do not need to exist. And they exist because someone wants to make money. So like Bo, in well, your there's situation- a whole, There's like, a whole so, bunch of advocate wait, wait, energy let, to let me them up. Just look. Just let me finish. But you were going on like someone's going to scam the system. And I yes. would put forth to you, the system is currently the scam system. Well, I, that's where, also where what you, I'm saying. I'm saying we need to no, fundamentally no, no. fix it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And, I, what, and what I'm saying is I think <laughs> universal basic – what I'm saying is I think this is towards the fix that you think is the problem. So like things I like guess. insurance companies don't need to exist, You like especially healthcare insurance company. If you can move to single payer – you can get rid of all those jobs, but then you'd be like, well, we need those jobs. Those people have no money, you know? And it's like, yeah, again. So then you get these cycles of like, we're creating stupid jobs that don't need to exist to mm-hmm. pay people. And I think what would happen, what would happen is that you, right now we have a disparity of jobs that are important, that no one wants to do because they're a low barrier of entry in the pay, like shit, cleaning up the toilets. No one wants to do it. But all of a sudden, if no one wants to do it, guess what? It still needs to be done. So people are going to start having to pay more money to have it done. And all of a sudden you're going to get the jobs that are actually important are going to start paying well. So like if you're, if you're making in the, the short 12, term, that's a, it, not, it's not a it's talking like that'll permanently stay that way, but it won't. It'll stay that way not? for a little bit. And then when everyone having more money, everything, the price of everything goes up and the price of services and products will go up faster than the speed of government. And but basic I, I, I think, I think you're soon. missing the, I think you're missing the point of the fact that what you're doing is you're going to be eliminating a whole bunch of jobs that currently exist that are probably bullshit jobs, government jobs that are like basically propping up bloated program services. You're going to be, so what you think there's going to be more money in the system. I think there's going to be less money in the system because you're going to be cutting a lot of jobs and and then those people are going to have to find well, ways to make money. You've got a lot of money. faith in, in government that, to, to take that action. No, it's the, the opposite. <laughs> it's the opposite. I'm saying we need to cut the government jobs. Yes, I know you're saying government cut government right jobs, check. but why would they cut government jobs? That's not because the they're make because they're make work programs. The money doesn't come from the government, though, right? Yes, it all comes from the government. No, I Money's know, created but, by no, the I, Bank of Canada. It doesn't. It doesn't come. I from I thought they industry. were coming from the rich. I thought the money was no. being taken from the rich were being taxed and being no, redistributed. No. Where do you think the rich get money? Like, I don't want to get into a whole concept co- concept about the philosophy of what money is. No, uh, I'm not it, trying it to do called- that. I'm just trying to find <laughs> out where the money's coming from. It's got oh, to come from somewhere. It's the not, government's the middle, man. It, the, the, no, no, but money but, goes you know, in, money comes out. I'm saying, where does the yeah, money go in? It's true. To ba- Bo's right. Like, like to balance the books, you, there needs to be. It's you're right, Mike. Esoterically, money is created by the Bank of Canada, and and it goes back to like, yes, there would have to be taxation uh, changes, and it would be in a higher tax rate on the rich to account for. Everybody getting the twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, I think that would be. That's what I'm saying. Say. So, like, they're going to be like, "Fuck, man, we're getting charged a lot of tax. We got to raise prices on our products and services. We're getting robbed by the government, giving everyone free money." I, 
Let's say we have to like stop hypo- that. <laughs> that's what I we think. That's hypothetical. I, I it's, not, it's reality, isn't it? Like I think it's hypothetical fear mongering, though. It's I not fear mongering that exists. Well, it's like, but, yeah, it no, exists. I'm not saying. I, I'm, that saying I'm saying objectively, they're the businesses, entities, corporations we have are driven by profit and not by conscience. And so, if you change something for the betterment, like minimum wage. For example, yes. goes up. Eventually, the prices of products and services go up because the market will tolerate it because more people have the spending money in the industries of those demographics. Right? McDonald's you go up again. This is fundamentally different because what you're doing there is you're telling an employer you have to pay your employee X. Mm-hmm. This is completely different. This is like no, they must not different. I'm at McDonald's and I'm like, they have more money. Let's take more of it. It is different because if if the government tells an employer you have to pay your employee more, then the yeah. empl- then the employer says, "Oh fuck you, okay, I'll raise all my prices." Yeah. All of a sudden, if you if you give that a, a employee has extra money, yeah. they'll say like, "Okay, well, I wasn't willing to work this shit job, but now I will. I got twelve thousand extra dollars." Or uh-huh. they, they they say they say, "You know what? I'm not going to work this job uh, because." I can I can just live off the twelve thousand. I think or, you. I think, but you, 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 everything you said, I agree with. You're just missing the one part where McDonald's goes, "Hey, in like five years, like McDonald's, uh, Big Macs, like ten bucks, we got to get that to fifty dollars in the next five ten years. Take advantage of all this money that they have in their house." I just think you're no, but then why would I go to McDonald's? You're, yeah, you're getting well, it everything will go up. It's not just McDonald's. It, that's they're not going to just jack up the price. Everyone will abandon. <laughs> that's not the way business works. No, but the price. Do you guys not understand I, how business works? No, I understand no, I how I understand how inflation it's, 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 fuck works. You pay me. Talked, that's the business world. No, like that. No, I, it's I, that what you're talking about for every business to all up their prices simultaneously is inflation, and and like for, right. for me, <laughs> yes. In, but inflation happens yearly, and what you're saying is that because of this twelve hundred dollar uh, twelve thousand dollar universal income, there will be a huge jump in inflation, and that it's guaranteed. And I do not think that what that's no no true. that's I didn't I, is, I didn't say that I no, didn't say inflation. I, earlier, Listen, I didn't say inflation guaranteed. I said there will be bad actors guaranteed, corporations, who will plot to undermine the program. I'm not saying inflation. I'm saying not everyone's going to be like universal health care. Let's hold hands and make it good. Some people will be like, fucking give me that money, bitch. And they're going to make businesses to get the money from the people who have the universal, the the extra well, every, they have to get they have to get the money from individuals because this is going yeah. to people as opposed to yes. fraudulent systems before, whether they could potentially rig the stock market or what, whatever. And this I'm not case talking about individuals. Fraud. I'm talking about legal so, actions. N- no, I don't. But but I then I don't understand because just just to just be choose clear, not to if pay. you're if you're not talking about inflation, what are these actions that people are are doing that to to get money out of people's? So people's I'm a landlord, pocketbook? right? Okay, right. I, I everyone uh, they're paying eight hundred bucks a month in rent. Then I find out they're getting sixteen hundred dollars now for free extra. Uh, however, that this works. So I go, well, shit. I can. I don't. I need to find a way to charge them twelve hundred dollars. Well, you can't just jack up the prices that much. Okay, well, I close my building down for renovations. Then I jack up the price. And then all the other landlords do follow suit. It's not a conspiracy. They're just everyone has the same thought. Like, they have more money. Let's take more of it. And eventually, not immediately, because they put the frog in the cold water and turn the heat up slow. They don't put the frog in the hot water. 
eventually you'll find that your purchasing power is diminished because the people who are good at business are aware that you have more of it. Okay, well, okay, just here's a counter to that, which is a clear counter. Uh, so Walmart. Walmart did not destroy all other retail because it jacked up the prices. Uh, it was able to draw. So like in your scenario of like McDonald's going to charge $10 for a hamburger, and, and all of a sudden you're going to get your smart well a smart a smart business person like say Wendy's is going to say hey look McDonald's charging ten dollars a hamburger like, we don't need to do that why don't we charge seven and everyone's okay. going to say like hey let's go to Wendy's because that's competition in the market so you you're assuming that there's going to be this mass collusion there's such a little amount of money it's and not... it's going to be countered by a tax okay so so I'm I'm in an it. area that we can't have a conversation with because you don't understand <laughs> what I'm saying. I like think I like do. you keep ta- say, taking what I'm saying and then adding things I didn't say to it. No, right? but I'm understanding. I'm understanding what Mike's understanding. So we're both not understanding this yeah, thing. So, like, right. So so it, so it's possible in competition for some prices to be higher and for some to be lower. Like Mike says, right? Like I know I know that. I don't know. Why I don't do you think there's going to be this mass collusion. If I, I don't know why it's puzzling for everyone if I'm not expressing it right. That if there's more money out there to be taken, there are people who there's will not, take more though. of it. There's, there's not, not more money. More. It's been taxed from the rich. It's the same amount of money. You just say, we're taxing the rich. We've cut government programs. Now, all of a sudden, we have all these billions of dollars. We're going to write everyone a check. It's the same amount of money. There's not more money. I'm not, I'm not getting saying, that money. It would be more money for me, right? If, no, I, if I had extra 1600 a month? Look, right now, you have it's more money for you personally. So, there's right no more money someone, in the system. Yeah, the system is the same. Right now, there's someone with $10 million Sorry, and you it, have... Okay, not more money in the system. It's more money in the purchasing group. It's more money in the consumer group, in the pocket of the consumer for me no, to take. The, big, the biggest consumers are the rich anyways. It is is honestly... like We're splitting hairs about how much extra money there's going to be. I, I think it's going to be very yeah, little. I don't the biggest, know, but... Biggest consumers by far are the rich. I just don't like, under I, I yeah I, I don't again this is the point of the topic is I've never really understood it like I'm just like you give people money where the hell does it come from aren't they're rich. aren't aren't people <laughs> the the thing I know about business is if I'm selling something for ten dollars and you would pay fifty for it I'm fucking up who says I would pay fifty for it you're well when you've got tons of money <laughs> what a, how much what a, do we pay for could you remember we paid 20 cents for coffee and now we're paying five dollars for coffee oh, and yes, you're sitting here going we're not suckers for expensive things like people aren't trying to fuck us out I just, of it I just, oh, hilarious how this got off the rails in it well i, I just like I, I feel like like reality's not being acknowledged here everything is like this idea yeah. that universal health no, we is, acknowledge inflation inflation but right? I, I never brought up inflation no, but you, you, you defined you it as that, and I agreed with you because I'm trying to establish like an understanding. What you're describing but is inflation, <laughs> possibly, but I'm not going no, that far. I'm talking about the bad actors. You're extrapolating inflation and going down that topic with, and and that's not what I'm talking about. When you say bad actors, you, when one of what you're describing is just business. Some businesses are going to say, like, yes. hey, we have an opportunity to raise prices. Again, yes. but in a, in a marketplace, when that happens, you'll have other other businesses that are going to be like, now is an opportunity for us to become the Walmart. We'll come in there at the rock bottom prices, and everyone goes there, and all the other businesses fail. That happens. There, It is it is an ecosystem of, like, yeah, high I, price, I don't, price. I don't see the connection between that two, where you say there's going to be a Walmart that comes in. 
There's no, a Walmart in here not- now, and there's still expensive, overpriced things. Not everyone goes there. Like that's no. He's just saying that you're go there. right. You're, but the- your concern that you seem to be raising is that if we do universal uh, basic income and everybody not- gets this uh, this this extra money, that there will be a a joint effort by bad actors to raise uh, prices across the board. So people in the end have, have less money. And like, I, I just think that like, I'm just the, saying that it's, the, that it's a net even we're not actually ahead or behind. It's so net. Now it's net. Like, so, so for me, it's just like, I don't, I don't see that as being everybody. The whole point was that they didn't have before that. The prices will, will raise inflation will raise because their their twelve hundred will raise as well, right? As time as time goes on, it would have to be a big jump for them to not benefit in some way, an unnatural inflation, if you will, uh, and uh, an unnatural jump across the board from these bad actors. Um, and uh, like, I get your point about the guy doing the renos and kicking people out, and it's like I'll just mm-hmm. go live somewhere else, right? You would need to have everybody do that, and that it would be. Like either some yeah. sort of giant collusion or it would be inflation. So, so And so just to take it to the conclusion of what I'm saying is I'm not saying the whole world will spin apart. I'm saying it's a net even. We're not actually it. solving yeah. a problem. We're just – it's an, like, yes, everyone has basic income. Now my purchasing power is diminished. Now I need more basic income. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Like, like, the problem, the fundamental I just disagree problem, that it will be a net income. There are fundamental I, problems that I'm just like universe – like it's just a Rob Peter to pay Paul kind of deal. No, no, it's not. The, 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 the net well, you say that, that, but I don't believe you. Like I don't know. But 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 the, the the net problem that it's aiming to solve is to get the poorest people out of poverty. Sure. That's what it's after. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's like all of a sudden you think it's going to collapse because again, like I, I make a comfortable salary. Not collapse gonna... just be nothing. Like not. No, worth it's not going to be nothing. It's like it's like and I, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. See, I feel my like point is not it's going to collapse. My point is that or, yeah, he. I get it. I get it. It's just that I don't believe that evenness that you're saying. I, I like okay. it's it's people who are getting money. That money is yeah. going to go up with in inflation as our prices. I don't think that it's going to be even. I think it's going to be a net. It would be a net positive for this for this lower level, like lower uh, income bracket. Um, uh, than and, than and there is. Sure. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying about bad actors and people are yeah, going to yeah. try to take advantage of it. All of that stuff is definitely true. But as Mike said, a lot of it, it, there's no way it's worse than what's going on right now. And can we do better than just universal basic income? Yeah, probably. There's a lot of societal changes could be done. But for me, it just seems like it seems like a a positive for the poorest in society. Like then, and the only things, the only counter arguments that I am aware of are the ones that you brought, and the ones that I hear all the time in the news about, especially from conservatives about, oh, lazy people are just going to shit on their asses or la 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 la. And so, like, and both of those I feel are kind of like either rooted in speculation or or fear or or just othering in the case of the the the, the conservative one, and like. To, to balance that with the positive that I see coming from an initiative like this, uh, you know, uh, and I know there's some countries in Scandinavia and such that that have tried it. I'm not sure what the results are of those. We, we had a pilot uh, in in Ontario. I was running a pilot in a town, um, but it got canceled by the current government. 
Uh, and there was a pilot which had very positive incomes apparently in the 19, I think it was 50s or 60s in Manitoba. They did it for a while. And what they saw was like health outcomes. Because the other one of the other arguments is that some of the people who are the biggest drains on our healthcare system are those in poverty. And if you just kind of give them more money, they will just be healthier. And then you'll save money because you're not treating them for like chronic illnesses that are associated disproportionately with poverty. Like there's a lot of like uh, the apparent benefits or the people who proponents of this is to say, like are beyond just that now poor people are better off uh, that, that, that they go into like the costs of say a uh, policing, you know, you have people who are homeless who are maybe turning to crime because they have no other options, but all of a sudden they have a bit of money. Maybe they just don't commit crime as much. So they're going to be like their, their argument that there could be billions of dollars in savings in healthcare, policing, incarceration, um addictions all these types of things so that it it really i mean they are claiming it basically is a panacea who knows i I don't but i believe it's it's a step in the right direction because we have some problems now and and you know crofton is is good to point out the argument about the lazy it's used all the time and kind of like what he says is either a i kind of also don't care and I would also point out these people like uh, the lazy, uh, they're here already. Uh, there are a lot of lazy people around who scam the system and don't work like whatever. They're already around. They're they're on welfare. They don't want to work like whatever. There's always going to be that portion of society. Like, what can you do? Those people didn't ask to be born. They're here. Like, whatever. They want to be lazy, live on this small amount of money. Like, I don't care. I don't want to be that. I don't want I don't want to have 12 grand a year and live in the you know, just out of the gutter, I'd rather do something with my time, contribute to the world. And I think most people would too, you know, but But I think, I think the fundamental argument that is based on an otherness, the idea of being like, you should resent these people, you know? Um, And, and because there are some people that will take advantage, uh, then we shouldn't do it. And it's, it's the same with them, you know, like it was the same with the healthcare system and being like, if you're going to, in the States, you're going to lose your insurance provider. If, if, you know, Obama was like, if you, you, if you like your insurance person, you can keep them or whatever. And, um, and that was proven to to be somewhat incorrect, but it was appealing to people's innate selfishness, right? I like my personal current situation. I want to think about the collective situation. I want to keep my personal personal thing. Well, the other thing that appeals to them is like other people getting either a better deal or taking advantage of something while they're trying to earn an honest living. So like, I think the, 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 the basic income is just one of those things where like, okay, like if it's, you know, if it's twelve twelve thousand dollars to help Jimmy out of poverty, um, then and help him feed his family, well, that's okay. But if it's like you know Chad's playing video games all day Something on his mom's Chad. couch for for twelve thousand, uh, you know, twelve thousand a year, I'm like, like that's super annoying, and therefore we should scrap the whole program. And and I find I find that those sort of arguments are really frustrating because they're kind of bad faith with regards to taking you know pointing to these lazy people and and otherizing them and and making making people so angry they're like screw this let's not even try it right um so that's that's my my take on the laziness angle yeah Um, i i i find um the thing about uh universal basic income and and all these sort of programs uh to support us they're all caught up in this the red light um right left battle 
very prominent in the states to the point of almost being a civil war uh but also in also in canada you're right mike that prominent conservative thinkers will point to universal basic income and say this is a good thing however we're long past that now it's like one of those things where where if you're for it you're a, you're a pinky liberal and if you're against it you're you're a, you know you're a conservative when we had a a conservative government coming in ontario pilot project doesn't matter what the results were doesn't matter that your safe <laughs> safe injection sites are, are <coughs> excuse me are successful or not you know fundamentally philosophically they don't go with the the vision that they're selling, right? Yeah. And, and universal basic income does not go with one of the visions that is prominent in Western democracies right now. So, yeah, uh, it's it is it is funny because that is really at the base of it, which is the whole like it's like it, it's like if you want to, the whole scenario is sort of funny if you think about it because I always come back to it's like you know we both have kids. Uh, those kids did not ask to be born. We just decided. Hey, we want to have kids. Now those kids exist. And and then, and then, and then a lot of people are like, Hey, you kid, you got to prove your right to exist here. You're not going to get nothing. And you'd be like, and you want to be like, Hey, look, uh, it was not my choice to be here. And and it's, it's sort of true to be like, all these people exist. Uh, And then you're like, well, you gotta, you better work to, to, or, or you're not worth anything. Like that's like the, philo- the the sort of philosophical thing. And and I like I have a strong worth it, work ethic. I like I'm community involved. I like to work. Uh, I do things for for community. I work a job. Blah blah blah. I do all these things. But I'm also like I respect someone's like you know d- don't want to get caught up in the kind of like Protestant work ethic bullshit which which is a philosophical thing like to to be like you got to go and do the thing and i think it's kind of this it's kind of the game that has always benefited the rich to be like this philosophical view to go out and work a hard a hard honest dollar and like that's how to do it i mean it's 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 really the bullshit of the elite anyways to be like that that mentality uh, just like keeps people in their places of just churning and and working paycheck to paycheck while someone else sits on a pile of gold. And, and I just, I, I, I think we need to do some resets into towards equality of opportunity. Again, I'm, I'm not necessarily for equality of outcome because um, some people want to work harder. Some people want to have all this stuff. It's like, great, more power to them, I guess. Uh, I don't want I don't want a fancy car or whatever, but I do want a comfortable life. You know, I want a nice house, and I, I I want some nice things that I enjoy. But I want to decide where that threshold is. And if someone wants to decide it's pretty low, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I got I no skin off my back. I wouldn't want to live that life. But I don't know why some people are like, no, they they, they need to to suffer if they if they choose to do that. I'm like, whatever. It's like, funny. Because I thinking of Chad here has got me like like I think about how certain bis, certain politicians whatever would like to you know grab certain examples to rub them in people's faces, and uh, for me uh, a young person who's still living with their parents would be the one that you would do because they're making twelve G's potentially for you know they say they're twenty or something and they're still at home. And they're like, they're Chad's on his mom's couch and just, you know, playing PlayStation and getting 20 G's a year or whatever. Uh, and and you take that story, like the Chad stories, 
and you use them and, and you tap into people's resentment at Chad and that stops you from axing this, that, you know, from stopping this entire program or axing it, you know, uh, uh, you know, even though that many cases, like, like almost all the students and stuff that come through my office and that I work with are like super go-getters motivated and that like would, this would change nothing with regards to that. If anything, they would be more likely to pursue some of their dreams. Like stuff like journalism pays shit. If you were interested in journalism, I mean, like you're not going to pursue it for very long before you're like, wow, I'm going to live beneath the poverty line. If I follow this path, you know, uh, and, and, and you switch, you switch pretty quick, but, uh, but the chads of this world will always be there. We can point to them and be like, look, you know, this is why we can't do it because Chad's got a platinum on Final Fantasy VII remake. <laughs> I, I I mean I I, I totally agree that the the whole the whole Chad thing is like a good is a good a good analogy. But the funny thing about that is that like those Chads already exist, live in their parents' basement and in, in in eat their food or whatever. And then it's like, but it annoys the the idea that they get twelve grand a year is annoying. But at the same time, you know, you'd want to flip that story and pivot to like local local gaming store being like hey this dude Jad, chad's in here all the time like my business has been up this is great because like what's chad gonna do with his money he's gonna he be cleaning it. someone's shit he, well that's that's what the that's what the conservative protestant work ethic, work ethic guy would be like hey, you gotta go and clean toilets uh he'd yeah. be like look he's gonna spend the money that money is gonna go into for, so for all the people who don't want to live with their mothers and play playstation all day and want to have a little business but chad likes to eat some poutine and you open a little poutine shop you get your 12 grand. You thought it was a risk to open your poutine shop, but now you got a little cushion under you. And then all of a sudden Chad's there. He's buying poutine every second day. And you're like, Hey, business is booming. You know, people, these, these, these pot smoking kids are spending so much money here. So it's like, it just pivots into like, give people money. What are they going to do with it? They're going to spend it. And if anything, the problem again is rich people who don't spend their money. They sit on a giant pile of it. Like money is for spending. It needs to move I'm in the economy. S- I'm already Does- sorry. I invented Chad. <laughs> I like Chad. All right, let's move in. I don't know. I think we should do verdicts here. Yeah, yeah, right. Obviously. All right, we're ready to move into verdicts. Finally, yeah. all right. Both stop reading whatever articles he's been reading for. <laughs> Order in the courts. All right. Uh, so who wants to go first? I should probably go. You know, what? I'm going to go first. You guys talked about it, oh, you... and I am the host, so I've got I've got duties after. So I like. So you that don't order. want to go sandwiched? No, and I feel like no. Both shouldn't go first. I'm going all first. Right, let, let no, it because all you, you guys both will probably need to res- <laughs> need time to respond if, in case I say anything that triggers you. So I won't have anything to follow up on. That's why uh, I feel right, like right. if you so, hear Profit of Me first, you might temper some of your insanity, but whatever. Go I don't think I'm going to say that much, honestly. Anyways, okay. This is most of my verdict. It's Basically, I like the idea, you know, when Mike describes the example of me struggling artist, creator, whatever, you know, I like the idea of, of having money and not having to go to a job. It'd be perfect. I don't mind living in a low level of income. I would love to do it. Um, that's my emotional response to it. My rational mind doesn't understand how it works to my own satisfaction. It it sounds it sounds like either a band-aid solution or a stopgap solution to my brain and the way I work it out in my head, I don't know. 
there could be like you know if i'm can see how the money moves around and i don't think i'll ever even do that work but if i can look at that and understand it in a way that makes sense to me i could say that it was good and that's not to say that that explanation doesn't exist it's just i don't know it and it isn't meant to be offensive to either of you but i don't find the explanation helped get me there today and uh, but that doesn't mean in the future i won't read something and figure it out but for today I think universal income is bullshit. Can't say it's bad for the same reasons. I don't understand it enough. Hmm. Uh, All right, Crofton, you want to go or? Yeah, sure, I'll go. Um, Yeah, no, it's just funny because, like, uh, and and you know, not to to comment too much on Bo's verdict, but uh, prior to this show, if you had just told me that topic in a vacuum. I would have thought that Bo was a clear, yeah, good. Like, like especially after the forty-hour work week episode, um, I thought for sure that that this was a slam dunk Bo good if ever there was one. When it came out, I, I when it was drawn, I was like, oh god, I know where Hodgins is going to stand on this, and I know where Bo's going to stand on this, and I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here because otherwise, <laughs> uh, I just we're, was the we're, devil. So <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to be we're going to just be three yes men going around in circles. Uh, it, it's also tough to render any sort of verdict on something that you haven't yet experienced. So, um, uh, you know, again, we've done science fiction topics on this show, and I'm not saying that a policy initiative is science fiction. I'm just saying that, like, we have delivered verdicts on things that I haven't necessarily experienced before. And that's something that's notable about this, because it is something you you think of as more tangible. But in fact, I've never been in a situation where I've been... Um, you know, given money like this uh, or seen it happen uh, like it is right now during the, the COVID-19 period. So interesting. So I only speak to what I, what I think it it would be and, and what my feelings are and what the, the, the early studies have, have shown, which is that it would be a positive thing. I really, I, I really like the idea of decentralizing wealth from the Uber rich, which is something that is uh, the, increasing in popularity with guys like Bernie Sanders and stuff stepping up. But like the, the fact that there are these billionaires that have like obscene amounts of wealth, like it's just, it's just almost mind boggling uh, how much they have. Uh, and to, to, to have that money be brought down e- even in a little extent to those who are really needy and who, who are cleaning the shit out of the toilet. Yes. There'll be a couple of chads, but that doesn't make, you know, in any way um, take away from, <laughs> all the hard work that uh, everybody, you know, everybody else is doing. Um, And I don't have like, I work a good, good office job. I don't have as hard a work ethic. I'd say as like someone, somebody like Mike, but I do, I do the job. If uh, I do it because this is how society works, you know, I make, I've tried and my work has been very flexible in, in giving me like, sometimes I can do things where I can take, leave for a certain period and get money clawed back from my salary, from my annual salary, but get paid constantly throughout the year. Um, and uh, there's other sort of things that I have done to, to change the way that I get paid to have more leave and, and, and more personal time. And that has been personally beneficial for me. It has been personally beneficial for my mental health, for my, my family and friends. And uh, it's something that like, if there's a way to enable that level of flexibility or give people 
empower people universally across the board, then I think that's a positive thing. So for that reason, I'm going to say universal basic income is... Uh, my timing was a little off. I, I, you're about to say is, and then I hunk the horns, which you'll hear later. And then you say good during the silence. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Or during the, the I'll the live. Noise. Yeah. But, uh, okay. Good verdict. Well, uh, that leaves me. I guess this would be no surprise to anyone that, uh, you know, you know what's sort of funny about this whole thing with me is it like, I think this is a good initiative in comparison to our current system. Cause like, you know, Bo raised some criticisms, which are valid. There's tons of criticisms, which, which are valid around this as, as a policy initiative. But I think based on what, like what, how the world is now and how this could work, it actually fits in pretty elegantly as a, as a workable solution to potentially a bunch of stuff, bloated government. If you're a conservative, you don't like that helping the poor if you don't like that, you know, having better like health outcomes for people in poverty if you're liberal and you care about people who aren't in your family. Uh, you know, like the, like those are like positives. I'm like, great. For, from a policy perspective, I see, I, I, for, for me personally, like I think this is, it's not a radical decision. I am like, <laughs> like I think our whole system is pretty fucked up in a, in a lot of ways. And we just accept it because it's the world we live in. But I mean, like, if you look through history, there have been all sorts of other paradigms of how the world is. And not to say that they're better. Um, we do, we, we, they're not, none of them were our lived experiences. We assume they're worse if you lived in the past. We don't really know. Uh, but I do know that the, that the current situation, the way the world is now, is not truth or right or a natural order of things. It's a human creation. And it's one that leaves a lot of people in shitty situations. And as far as I'm concerned, no, again, no one chose to be bored and some people are lazy. And I don't really care. I, I don't see any reason why someone should have to suffer in poverty because they happen to not have a work ethic. I don't really care about that. Uh, so a lot of people have big work ethics and I think, you know, they should still be allowed to work hard and earn a bunch of money. And in this kind of system, they would be. They'd still get the 12 grand. Yeah, get taxed back, whatever. They want to make a million dollars and drive a Porsche. You still can. You know, this isn't communism. This isn't like, let's give everyone, let's have the state control everything. So I think it's a pretty good pivot towards something which I think leads to a better world and eliminates some some, some of the shittiness which is going on right now. And I think with this whole COVID lens stuff going on, with people just being out of work, I, I it's, it seems to me like a no-brainer for some progressive country to just do it. But so far we're just racking up the debt. Same as always the old hamster reel. And we'll just, we'll, we'll get back on it. And in 10 years, there'll be another, something will happen. There'll be another massive crash and we'll just see how we can get back in the hamster reel again. But I think universal basic income is good. There you go. A better time for people- yeah thank you and uh just like yeah give people money don't give them too much give them a little what are they gonna do spend it okay you know what you can't give us enough of the listeners sending us their emails give us some universal basic email income so that we can read them on the show (laughs) you can do that by sending an email to goodbadbull at gmail.com that's our email address 
And do you know what our website address is? Goodbadbull.com. That's where you can find out all the information that you need to subscribe and get in touch with us uh, through there um, and listen to older episodes. Like, take a moment to also thank our patrons over on patreon.com slash goodbadbull, I think. I think. Links at the website. So just go to the website. But thank you very much uh, for your support of the show. It keeps the server up and running, essentially. And we appreciate it. Um, All right. That takes me to telling folks where we are. But I kind of want to try my new style. I'm just saying, all right, you can find me at Bo Schwartz. Mike, they can't find you anywhere. And Crofton, you know, they can find you at Twitter, Crofton Steers. Done. It's uh, the steamroller. Oh, I broke Bo. tradition. I broke <laughs> tradition. Like... <laughs> I'm breaking everything today. I break your, I break yeah, the conversation. You're... I broke our verdicts. Now I'm breaking the last bit. Hey, no, seriously, I gotta... Crofton, do you want to plug anything? <laughs> oh, no, no. This is the to... only person who plugs things. Uh, well, I plug things, Listen too. to Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, yeah. It's a good podcast. You should do that. Um, so just uh, one question for you guys before we fade out. If you guys had, um, like, say, let's let's say universal basic income at 12000 like uh like 1000 a month, uh, uh per year and Mm -hmm. and let's just for the sake of argument because i think it's unfair to do it now because we have kind of like different obligations and different things like let's say you're mid-20s okay so let's say you're 25 25 year old Bo, 25 year old mike 25 year old crofton you're getting twelve thousand dollars a year does that change anything are you doing anything different? Are you yeah, thinking it's, different? It's still working. I, I try to think of my life at that age, and even at that age of twenty-five, and the cost of everything, I'm I'm still working. That's like if I'm single and paying my own rent at twenty-five. But what like, were you doing, like you, Bo? What were you doing when you were twenty-five? I just at that split time? up with Salma and was back in Elmer, living at home. But I had previously lived in Kingston for five years. So I guess splitting you... with Salma, it would be three hundred a month the rent we were paying back then. So when I, if I had twenty four, twelve thousand dollars would be a really good amount because it'd well, be four thousand. Probably rent. indexed back. Maybe it was eight hundred. Maybe eight hundred. Okay, so by today's prices, because I can get a cheap, small, squalid place for maybe eight hundred to a thousand. That leaves me with what two hundred bucks you're left. Still, yeah, you're still working something. Yeah. No, my I guess my question is would it have changed any of your life decisions? Yeah, like like uh, I, I mean in some ways Yeah. Yeah. Uh, potent- like well, I wouldn't have to work full time. See, the, the I, big thing I want is like universal income is not you can tell it's not my favorite thing, but the 40-hour work week that's got to fucking go. <laughs> I think they're completely related. But anyway. They are kind of related. Like uh, you know, but for one the, the universal basic income really is targeted to help poorer people, right? You don't need it's basic a, income if you're so, wealthy. But but the shorter work week, everyone can use more time for their life. Rich, poor, not if whatever. You, not, not if you're a wealthy person who likes you earning all that money. But uh, to Crofton's sure. question, it's a good question. I have a two-part answer because I think 25-year-old me and current, and current me are very different. 
And uh, I sort of appreciate the question. If I was 20, what I was doing when I was 25 was I was trying to write, I was trying to be a writer. Uh, I am, for many listeners, a failed writer. There's lots of us out there. That's okay. Uh, And I was writing all the time and I worked a shitty job at a call center, like three hours a day, every day, because I wanted time to write. And I made hardly any money. And at some point I was like, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And I went to university to get a degree so I could get a job a bullshit job in the government that paid my, 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 my goal was always, I got to make 50 You're grand st- a year. Cause I'm making nothing. Didn't you go to and, college? You went to college first, right? Yeah. But I took journalism, which you can make no money in. And then I took, I took uh, uh, right, right. screenplay, screenplay writing. <laughs> so I wrote screenplays and I wrote some novels and they were all junk. Cause I was too young to write well back then. And, yeah, and what did stuff. No, nah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of junk. Anyways, whatever. It's a whatever. process. Yeah. I think I'd be better now. <laughs> So what would I have done differently? I think I probably would have stuck it out. I think I would have been like, okay, look, I, I, was, I probably would have kept working that crappy job at reduced hours. I would have had a little bit more money, which would have made my life slightly easier because I was like, it was, I did not have much money. And uh, yeah, so it totally changed my decision because I, I hate my current job, but it, it's a good job. And I'm, like I always say, I'm happy to have it. And I'm grateful for it, but it, I don't like it, but it pays mm-hmm. money. And, and today, this is my second part, what I would do, because I'm, as you guys know, a landlord and I'm sort of a handyman, I would totally quit my job and I would try to get, I take the 12 grand. I have a little bit of money from my rental properties. It's not much actually uh, after the, the expenses are paid. And I would try to do handyman work for people. I'd build decks. I'd do some landscaping because I have some experience doing that. But I don't want to do that with the, I'm not a risk tolerant person. Like, so that, that 1200, also, that, tw- 12, that 12,000 yeah. a year would just be enough to push you to that. To I, that. Yes, absolutely. It would. Because the thing is like, I also, for the record, hate contractors. I hate the amounts they charge. Like I like doing the work and I would frankly like to do it and undercut people uh, and just be like charge less because it often doesn't cost as much as contractors make it out to cost. And, I would just do that. But I mean, it's right now it's a big risk. If I do that, there's a large risk to my family, but if 12,000 extra dollars, it would make a big difference. Cause I'm sure I could make money. Um, it's funny. It. Cause so, for, yeah. for what's me, your answer? Yeah. For, for me at 25, it, it would have changed nothing. And for two reasons, <laughs> one, well, it would have changed my, my uh, living arrangements would be nicer. I was in a really shitty, you know, apartment, I would have been able to like, I had no money because I came back from a large trip with my wife um, at 24. Like we just came back and we had no money. And so we had just done traveling. So it's not like, you know, that's one thing you do in your twenties. You, you, you'd be like, okay, I could go traveling or I can, you know, it can enable traveling. Well, I just come back. So I wouldn't. And then also I realized that I have, and, and, and I'm aware of them now, but I have like ingrained sort of that, that, the the systematic work like you work in the government or you work in the you work for a business and you work seven days a week and all of that like that's that i experienced it growing up and i would just fall into that even though i was getting the the twelve hundred dollars so i guarantee at 25 i would have been doing it wouldn't have changed anything except i would have had more money more like more disposable money Mm -hmm. now it wouldn't have changed anything. It won't, wouldn't change anything because I'm in a, a good paying job and um, the amount like I, I'm not, I have nothing on the horizon in, in terms of creative endeavors as much as I'd love to do podcasts and write and do a bunch of stuff and not work 
my office job. I would love to do that stuff. There's no way the gap between what I'm currently paid and my and, and the you know twelve thousand a year is just way too high to be able to reconcile those two things. So I, it, it wouldn't affect me now and it wouldn't have affected me then, but that's just circumstantial due to so, some of my behaviors and how things are. That's why I was more curious about you guys because I had a feeling that it would have changed some of your life choices where I think for me, I'm fairly conservative mm. in my life choices. I think that it, it wouldn't have changed anything. Mm. Listeners, would it change your life? You should let us know. Oh, wait, we've already done that. <laughs> we already did do that, but I did it quick. Uh, we're supposed to just tell... Uh, we're supposed to, like, set up to a point where we end the show. Oh, so right. I, I don't so, know what that we <laughs> Well, normally I'm the one that says, end the show, Bo. End the show. And then you end the show. good, bad, or bullshit podcast? Consider supporting the show by becoming one of our valued patrons at patreon.com. For as little as the cost of one cup of coffee a month, your generous support will help keep the random topic generator oiled and fueled for future generations. Find out more at patreon.com slash goodbadbull.